Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Husker fan, you know me well enough to know. I don't even need to say this, but I will. I take absolutely zero pleasure in having to do this. Less than zero pleasure in having to do this. I swear to you. This is going to hurt me as much as it hurts you. I mean that. And it's the very last thing that I wanted to have to do or say this morning. Something that I didn't think that I would have to say or do this morning while I was watching last night's game. However, Husker fan, I mean, damn it. The more things change, the more they stay exactly the same. And your dudes melted down yet again Right on cue, in the most Husker way imaginable. You want to talk about watching a train wreck in slow motion. How many freaking times have we seen this movie, Husker fan? Husker Nation, holy crap. A great morning in the jungle because we have football back but another brutally rough morning in Husker Nation. Husker fan is waking up with a very familiar taste in their mouth, and I don't mean corn and stale beer. I mean the taste of yet another come-from-ahead loss. The taste of snatching loss from the jaws of victory yet again. Last night on the broadcast, they flashed this stat, and this is not a stat you want flashed. Over the past five seasons, Nebraska leads the entire FBS. That's 133 programs, by the way. Nebraska leads the entire FBS in one-score losses and second-half blown leads. So what did they do last night? They blew a second-half lead, and they lost by one score. So it might be a new era in Lincoln under Matt Rule, but you would never know it. Not watching that game last night. That game screamed, new era, same as the old era, 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 jungle Tourette's, which is why Scott Frost and Matt Rule were both, thank you, Alvy, were both trending last night because Matt Rule's Huskers looked a hell of a lot like Scott Frost's Huskers, and that is not what anybody wanted to see. Not Matt, not Scott, not Husker Nation, Really nobody, not me for sure. Listen, I know it's only one game. I know it's only one game, and it's just the first game. And it could have been a whole hell of a lot uglier. Not exactly easy either to open up the season on the road in prime time against P.J. Fleck and his boat rowers. I mean, it's not like Nebraska had a tomato can or a cupcake. But... They sure as hell had that game won. All they had to do was finish. And then Husker Nation is ecstatic and partying all night long, right into the morning. And then we're talking about it on the show the entire first hour, maybe the first two hours. Then the rule era gets off to a tremendous start. I mean, it was all right there, like three minutes from all of that. Instead, they completely implode in those final three minutes. What a meltdown. What a blown opportunity. Every Husker fan knows they should have won that game. Not could have won that game, should have won that game. Every Husker fan knows the Huskers beat themselves again. They turned it over four times, including that hideous fumble at midfield with just under five minutes left in the game. And a way more hideous pick on the very next possession. So just to recap, the Huskers had the ball at midfield, first down, 4.53 to play, and a 10-3 lead. They fumble, they give up a TD, they throw a pick, they give up the game-winning walk-off field goal. That train wreck to start the season is about the most Husker thing ever. Like, I'm watching this, and I'm just me. But normally I would say I don't have a dog in that fight. And and you know, I like P.J. Fleck a lot. He and I go way back. But Husker fan, you know I'm pulling for you. You know it brings me no joy, Husker Nation. You know I love you. You know I know how painful that was for you. 
just be aware of this. It was painful for the rest of us, too. Even if you had absolutely no rooting interest in that game, it was painful to watch Nebraska flush it all away like that yet again. Brutal. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I'm not going to lie. I bet that game. I bet that game. I bet that game, and I took the Huskers and the points, so I won my bet. And yet, I still feel horrible about it. And I won my bet. Because while I don't root, I'll admit this. I wanted that for you, Husker fan. I wanted that for you badly. Not not for my bet. I didn't want that for me. I wanted that for you. Because the jungle is better when the Huskers are relevant. College football is better when the Huskers are good. I know, Husker fan, what you've been through. I wanted that for you. And the one thing you don't need, frankly, are moral victories either. Not at all. Not when you had that game won. You don't need moral victories. Although, if I'm not mistaken, the way I'm hearing it, Matt Rule all but called it that after that game. Obviously, that was disappointing. Um, a lot of credit to them. Made two huge plays down the stretch. Um, and I just told our team, and I want to make sure I say this, like there is no, uh, there's no such thing as close losses. Um, I, I already know a lot of people say, oh, just another close loss. Uh, as I said to our guys, like we, we can be a really, really good football team. To think that we were minus, minus – to turn the ball over four times, to think that we turned the ball going over in the half in the end zone, to think that we turned it over twice, twice – in the last two minutes of the game, and they still had to kick a walk-off field goal, um, you know, really shows what, what I think we can be. Huh? Listen, I like Matt Rule. I do. I like him. I think that was a big-time, big-time hire. I don't think they could have realistically have done any better than they did when they hired that guy. And I've said it over and over and over again. I said it about Scott Frost, and I'm really saying it about this guy. If Scott this guy Frost can't get this bad. thing turned around, nobody can. But those comments right there kind of confused the hell out of me. Quote, there's no such thing as close losses. My man, that program over the last five years has perfected the thing that you say there's no such thing as. They have perfected the close loss. There's no such thing as close losses. All they do is lose close games. Husker fan. Husker fan knows this better than anybody because they've now lost 26 one-score games in the last five years. All Husker fan knows is close losses. So you don't want to say there's no such thing as a close loss when they've lost 26 of them in five years. I mean, like, I hate to be the ultimate buzzkill. I hate to be the ultimate wet blanket and cooler and glasses half-empty dude. But try as you may to find positives from that loss, That's a game you had to have. That's a game you should have won. That's a game that if you finish and you don't implode, your season is off to an amazing start, not a catastrophic one. It might be his job to lift everybody up after a brutal loss like that. I get it. But it's my job to call it the way I see it. And I see that as a brutal loss in a game they had already won. Period. Period. When this team actually finishes some tough, close games, then we'll call that an improvement. When this team actually does physically turn the corner with results, then we'll talk about them turning a corner. I'll happily say it, man. Believe me, I want it for you, Husker fan, as badly as anybody. You know this. But it's got to happen. All right. I know it's only one game. It's only one game. But after one game, things look exactly the same for Husker Nation, unfortunately. And as I keep saying, and as they all proved this week with their incredible turnout and passion for that volleyball squad, 90,000-plus for a volleyball match. Amazing. Husker Nation's incredible. They deserve better than this. They deserve better than a fresh kick to the stick. Every single time their team trots out there for a football game, no matter who their coach is. I mean, credit to Minnesota, for sure. They made the plays. But Nebraska, instead of when they had their hands around their throat, choking them out, they cracked the door open, and Minnesota ran right through and executed. Too bad. Too bad. Husker Nation, I'm here for you. I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. 
but I am here for you. You tell me. There's no fan base that I respect more than the Husker fan base. They know. They know ball. They know that program. They know what's up. They know what time it is. Let's talk about it. God, I'm just telling you, I'm watching that game last night. I'm being very real with you, Husker fan. I'm watching that game last night, and I'm hitting up Tommy, and I'm hitting up the head, and I'm like, guys, we're going to have a good morning. It's going to be a good, good Husker morning. It's going to be a good jungle morning. It's going to be fun. No! College football fans, DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking you up with a can't-miss offer to start the season. New customers can bet just 5 bucks on college football and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Anything can happen in college football. The only thing that's a lock is the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code ROAM. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just 5 bucks on college football. That's code ROAM only on DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be present in state where lawful to wager. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age, varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. cdkng.co slash football for eligibility. Terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions to apply. We are joined by Duke head coach Mike Elko. Mike, it is great to have you on the show. How are you? I'm great, Jim. I got to hire you as my hype man to get me ready to go for Monday night. I'll tell you what, that's a big one, Mike. I can't wait to see it. And you are coming off a great year. Listen, I want to talk to you about realignment in one second, the breaking news. But tell me this, how are you feeling about your team after summer practice and with that tremendous opportunity to make that big statement against a top 10 team on Monday night? Yeah, obviously we're excited. I think we had a really good camp. Um, you know, it's the the ultimate coaching cliche to say we're ready to play somebody else, but um, we certainly are. You know, we got we got 18 returning starters. We got a lot of veteran guys on the team, and you know, I think they all came back with a purpose to try to accomplish something pretty cool this year. And you know, that journey starts Monday night, and we're excited to get after it. Mike Elko joining us. Listen, I understand that you're all in on Clemson, but last year's season really was historic in a number of ways. So if we could take one last look for those who don't know you did take over a program that won just five games in the prior two years and then you produced the school's highest win total since 2014 the four losses you had came by a combined total of just 14 points so what do you think were the primary factors in such a dramatic turnaround last year yeah honestly I think it was culture I think we've got um, a phenomenal group of kids I think they were hungry to change the outlook on Duke football um, I think we were able to provide them a, a blueprint to success, and a lot of that started with uh, training in the weight room and a better nutrition and just kind of bringing in some elements that, that I felt like we needed to improve bigger, faster, stronger. And uh, But these kids bought into it. They really did. And then, obviously, we found a quarterback who's pretty unique and pretty special, and, and that can go a long way uh, in the modern day of college football. We're talking to Duquette football coach Mike Elko. Speaking to your quarterback, Riley Leonard, he threw for nearly 3,000 yards. He had 20 touchdowns. He led the team in rushing with 13 touchdowns, yet he rocks a wristband that reads, and I quote, you suck. (laughs) This guy's great. What is the origin? Did somebody tell him you suck? What's the story behind that? Yeah, so that's his mom. So he um, he's a really humble kid. He's he's an Alabama kid, and he actually was probably destined to go be a college basketball player. And uh, Duke was his only Power Five offer. And uh, and so as motivation, his his mom would tell him, uh, as opposed to dealing with the whole like, hey, you're great, this, that, and the other. He wanted his mom to tell him he sucked as kind of a driving factor. And so that has kind of taken a legs of its own, and um, that's the wristband. But, um, no, he's a competitive kid. He's a great leader. Uh, he's everything you would want your quarterback to be about. So, Mike, where do you come out on this? Like, is that just a different dude and it worked for him? Or do you think that's a good idea? Like, should I find my two kids after the show and tell them they suck? Yes, I think that's probably unique. I think in this day and age as parents, if we walked in and started using that type of language, we can get ourselves in a lot of trouble. But, uh, no, I think he's a throwback kid. He really is. Um, the, the, he kind of galvanizes the group on offense because he throws his body all over the field. And um, I think our offensive line would, would lead him through the brick wall if that was necessary. We're talking to Duquette football coach Mike Elko. So, Mike, what about the news of the morning? What is your reaction to Cal, Stanford, and SMU coming to the Atlantic Coast Conference? 
Yeah, it seems like it fits perfect, right? Yeah, um, perfect. No, I think obviously, you know, it's it's a unique day and age right now in college football, and um, these decisions get made by people who are are way more invested time wise into doing the right thing for the future of the ACC. And and as coaches, we're just trying to figure out. Um, you know, how to continue forward and how it all makes sense. But I think, um, you know, the reality of it is, is it's a really changing landscape in college athletics right now. And, and people have to do and make these types of moves to just kind of move this thing forward. And that's kind of where we're at. Survive and advance. I mean, it is a weird time. The landscape is changing so quickly and you've got to adapt and you've got to be flexible and you got to move with it. And then you got football itself. Like, for instance, wherever you've coached, your defenses have been known for being really opportunistic. As an example, Duke ranked second in the nation in turnover margin last year. I mean, is that something you can coach? And if so, how much of that is mindset and technique? Yeah, I think it's definitely something you can coach, and I think it's exactly what you said. It's both of those. I think it's it's on every play as a coach, are you willing to take the time to not just talk about the big picture of the defensive scheme or the blitz or, or all of those types of things that are popular, but are you willing to kind of break down the, the technique and the opportunity to take the football away or, or, as we call it, disrupt the football in some way, shape, or form? And um, I think if you ingrain that into the way your kids think, play in, play out, um, you certainly can't, you know, <laughs> leave the country in fumbles every year just because you talk about it. But I do think you can become opportunistic. I think you use the right word. And I think we've been on the better side of the turnover margin more often than not because of that. All right, so you got a huge opportunity coming up. You're going to face the Clemson team. There's won seven of the last eight ACC championship games. Dabo Sweeney is going after his 100th career winning conference play. So specifically, what are you and your D coordinator Tower Santucci been focused on in trying to disrupt and slow down the Tigers? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think that the strength of Clemson is their two tailbacks. They've got two uh, exceptional tailbacks, and, and Will Shipley's been been well regarded as the best running back in the ACC for at least two years now. And um, I think it starts there. And, and they have a new quarterback making his, I think, third career start is what it'll ultimately be Monday night. And so I'm sure they're going to try to do some things um, to get him in rhythm. And it's our job to try to keep him out of it. But um, you know, obviously, Clemson's the the gold standard of ACC football. You know, and so we know we're going to have to play our absolute best when they come in here um, to give ourselves a chance to be successful. So, Mike, over the years, we've seen what it's like on campus with the energy around the basketball team and how crazy it can get. I'm curious, what has the buzz been like on campus this week in anticipation of Clemson coming in for the first time since 2012 for a primetime matchup under the lights? Yeah, I think that's where we're trying to get it to. I think when I took this job, um, I was obviously well-versed in Duke basketball and everything that that, that stands for and uh, got a chance to see some of Coach K's last season in Cameron. And, you know, the vibe and the energy in that arena is phenomenal. And I think we've just tried to go out and, and spread the message that, that in the fall we can do the same thing in football. And I think we set student attendance records last year. Uh, we anticipate this game being sold out Monday night. We anticipate us having over half our student body uh, at the game, which will get us in the seven, 8,000 range and um, you know, should be a phenomenal atmosphere for Duke football. I'm pumped for it. I can't wait to see it. Before you go, I saw that you had one of my favorite people address the team recently in Inky Johnson. I absolutely love and admire the dude. He is so awesome. Did his message resonate with your guys, and what was their reaction to Inky? Yeah, I mean, I think right now he's he's generally regarded as the number one speaker you can bring into your college football program. And so, um, you know, it was just awesome that we were able to bring him in here. I think the kids are all ears anytime you can hear a story of, you know, a former college football player who, who worked his way to have success and then still had success when everything didn't go exactly according to sports the script i just think the message is extremely powerful and um, our kids were on the edge of their seat and it's the second year in a row we had him in here and so hopefully um he leads us to another successful season like he did last year ink is special i'm glad to hear that duke is heading into a new year the 2022 ACC Coach of the Year, Mike Elko, my guest, and a huge one coming up against Clemson on Monday night. Mike, really good to have you on the show. Thanks for making time for us. Good luck on Monday, and great to talk to you. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, Jim. Appreciate everything you do for sports. Discover credit cards do something pretty awesome. At the end of your first year, they automatically double all the cash back that you've earned. That's right. Everything you have earned doubled. 
All the cash back from eating at your favorite restaurant doubled. All the cash back from that trip where you sort of learned to snowboard also doubled. And the best part, you don't have to do anything ridiculous to get it. Discover does it automatically. Seriously, though. See terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. Dennis Dodd. Dennis, what's going on, dude? How are you? Jim, so glad to be back. How are you? I'm great. It's great to hear your voice. Why don't we start with last night's game, Dennis. Games, plural. Nebraska blows that seven-point lead with less than three minutes to go. They lose at Minnesota on a walk-off field goal while committing four turnovers. Dennis, how crushing a loss and how big of a missed opportunity was that for Nebraska? Jim, I tweeted after the game, I'm neutral and I I couldn't stand watching because – you knew what was going to happen. You could see it happening. But I think the net, the net impact is I'm a big Matt Rule guy, as you are, I know. You saw progress last night. You saw them come from behind in the second half, in the fourth quarter. They didn't hold the lead, but things were different. Uh, I know they're 7-26 and in one-score games. I think the last five years, that's going to change under Matt Rule. But it's just unfortunate the loss came that way. Nebraska just wants to be relevant again. And I, I, I would guarantee they're going to be under Matt Rule. Is anybody going to win three in four years like Tom Osborne did? Probably not, except maybe George or Alabama. But there are better times ahead. That's all I can say. I know it doesn't help much Nebraska today, but that's all I can say. We are talking to Dennis Dodd. All right, Dennis, you know, it's only one game, and nobody should ever be surprised by anything that Utah does but given how tough Florida's schedule is this season and the way the last two years have gone, how hot could that seat get for Gators coach Billy Napier? And then how concerned should Gator fans be? Yeah, I put him in a box, I guess, with Brent Venables over the summer in that, you know, that was unacceptable what happened at Oklahoma and Florida last year. Now, I think it's a little bit different at Oklahoma because they're going into the SEC in a repeat of what happened last year, six and seven won't abide. I do think, unless it falls off a cliff for Billy Napier, and I don't think it will, I think he'll be given time um, because there's enough promise there. I, I heard the call right off the bat. Uh, let's get Mr. Sunbelt out of Gainesville. That's the kind of pressure he's under. I, I hate to say that because Billy's a great guy, but to not have, uh, I think there's, there's a legitimate criticism of not hiring a special teams coach. We saw that last night when you had two number threes on the field on a critical uh, penalty that led to a touchdown. Um, and then, uh, you know, and often, and then his play calling. I mean, there was a difference in the play calling. I saw it with uh, Graham Mertz, who went for a career high, but that was not the first takeaway last night. Five sacks, one interception. Um, did well, but not great. But they need to get more physical, and that's what Florida football is. Utah was more physical. Uh, and they knew that going in, and that's what, that's what turned out to be. You know, Dennis, I love the insight, and I love your loyalty to the program. You've always been great like that. Appreciate it very much. Some really good matchups this weekend. What about LSU and Florida State? A battle of two top 10 schools in Orlando on Sunday. Last year, the Knowles edged the Tigers 24-23 in that thriller at the Superdome. What do you think the rematch comes down to this weekend? That's really going to be good. Um, it's Look, it's a revenge match for... LSU, which at least should have gone into overtime last year. Uh, they missed that extra point in Florida State wins. It's kind of a launching pad for the Florida State is back moving with Jordan Travis. Um, they are better, you know, first double-digit season since 16 under Jimbo. I, I, I don't know if it, 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 the loser is kind of out of contention for a fringe look at the playoffs, if that makes sense. Now, there's a lot of people who have picked LSU rightly to win the West. Um, you're going to have to get over Georgia to, to win the SEC, but that's another discussion. There's a lot of pickle, people that pick Florida State to be Clemson in the ACC. So to me, that's kind of what's at stake. And, and Jaden Daniels, who's, I'm sorry, uh, the LSU quarterback um, has done tremendous. Gaining weight, he rushed for 600 yards last year. Uh, Brian Kelly won 10 in his first year. That I, I think it's going to be a battle of the quarterbacks at the end. 
You mentioned JT Daniels. You know, it's really something, Dennis. When I think about him, I remember him in modern day, and he graduated early so he could yeah. get to USC. Isn't it amazing, his journey, he ultimately ends up at Rice. How do you think that thing plays out for him? I meant to get to that story in the offseason. I never did because it fascinates me. Fifth year, fourth school. Uh, I just wanted to sit down and ask him, what were, what were the waivers in each situation? Obviously, things didn't work out at USC and Georgia. Then he went to West Virginia. Now he's at Rice. It gives Rice in the American this year the best chance to win they've had in years. And they haven't been above 500 in years. Um, so they, they need a guy like him. But I, I think he's the modern poster boy for what the transfer portal has become. Uh, it's, it's now harder since about, I think, January legislation came in to get that second um, transfer because you're only supposed to get one. You see teams or players all over the country playing for three and four teams, but he's one of the few that played four. So I, th- I think it'll be an upgrade at Rice, uh, a good way for him to go out and get, get on some film. But remember, you're right. This is a guy, Jim, that was at Modern Day. I remember going to Modern Day to interview him when between his senior year and then USC, and I was impressed at how smart he was, how good he was. But for whatever reason, injuries obviously played a part. It never worked out. No. Dennis Dodd joining us. So, Dennis, also moving along, there's so many things we can cover, but I want to ask you about South Carolina and North Carolina. Absolutely love this matchup. I spoke to Shane Beamer on the program earlier this week. He said to me that his guys were extremely motivated to prove that last year's upset wins at the end of the regular season over Tennessee and Clemson were not flukes. What kind of a shot do you give Spencer Rattler and the Gamecocks against Drake May and the Tar Heels? Yeah, I don't know what the – the line is, I just haven't paid attention. I know I've I want to say two and a half. Stuff, I want to say two yeah. and a half. So it's, so it's essentially a pick em. So you've got Drake May, who was a, a favorite, maybe not the favorite, but a favorite for the Heisman. And to win it, they're going to have to outscore people because I don't think that defense is pretty good. But I think North Carolina is going to be a sneaky under-the-radar team for a New Year's Six Bowl. And then for Shane Beamer, as he mentioned, to keep the momentum going from last year, Spencer Rattler coming back. I don't know if he was ever, uh, I guess, in danger of leaving because I, I knew he thought he needed to come back and play another year. If he threw for 789 yards in the last two games, something like that. So, no, I, I think it'll be a shootout between those two. Whatever the over-under is, take the over. And it's, just, it's a rivalry game. It's a game that, you know, neutral field. We'll see what happens. It's a great point. I'm trying to figure out how to play that one. I have not played that one yet, but maybe that is the play to take the over. Dennis Dodds joining us. Hey, Dennis, everybody, everybody has an opinion, but nobody could possibly know. I'm talking about Coach Prime and the Deion Sanders era at Colorado. It gets underway in Fort Worth, Texas. The Buffs take on number 17, TCU. The Horn Frogs are three touchdown favorites over a CU team, Dennis, that has 10 scholarship players coming back from last season. That's incredible to me. I'm a little surprised it's only 21. How do you think this year plays out for Coach Prime? Is there any way this can work on any level this year? Yeah, you can go so many ways on this, right? I mean, just the offseason, and now we finally got these games. I think 58 players in the transfer portal. And I talked to people in the game when it became evident he was going to do this in clean house. And I said, are there 58 players in the portal right now that can play Pac-12 football. Forget about starting. That can play that level of Pac-12 football. And they said no. Again, I think that leads to your point. It's going to be interesting. How competitive are they going to be? How long is Dion going to stay around? Is he going to stay around longer than his son is the starting quarterback, Shador? I think that's the next benchmark here. The other thing about Saturday is I, knowing Sonny, and Sonny will never admit to this, Sonny's an old-time coach. I think if he gets a chance to put a number on Prime, I think he will. And I think he's got the ability, even though they've lost a bunch of guys from last year, um, they've got the starting quarterback back, who obviously Max Dugan took over after he was injured. But I think uh, TCU's still going to be really, really good and favored by three touchdowns. I would not, I'm into picking games all of a sudden, but I would take, uh, I would definitely take TCU in that. Yeah, no, I have already, and for the reasons you mentioned, Dennis Dodd is my guest, and I've got a son that now goes to Boulder, and I did that. Right. De- Dennis, what you mentioned, like, are there 57, 58 guys in the portal that could come over and play Pac-12 football? I would say 
Pac-2 football. Dennis, my right. gosh. I mean, what do you make of this? So ACC presidents reportedly voted this morning to add Cal, Stanford, and SMU. I had Mike Elko on the program earlier today. We actually had kind of a kick out of it. But what do you make of that? I mean, what, what smacks of the Atlantic Coast Conference more than Cal, Stanford, and SMU? Right. We're, Jim, we're sl- seeing the slow, inexorable, um, I guess, journey to, towards the culling of the herd. Uh, this time, Oregon State and Washington State didn't make the cut. Um, the, the Pac-12 no longer exists as a conference. Uh, fun fact here, Jim, we're one less major conference, but we actually have more teams in those major conferences than we did the Power Five. So that ought to tell you something. The, the, the powers that be, the conferences, the ADs, the rice holders, the networks are deciding in real time what teams and brands and rivalries matter at the highest level. Um, they don't want Oregon State and Washington State. They're not saying it out loud, but this is the way it's gone. And if I were, say, I don't know, the Big 12 right now that hasn't played a game in the new formation, I'd be worried that in a few years they're next. And teams start picking off the best of their league, and it gets even bigger. So, because right now we have the Power Four for the first time, four conferences, all with uh, at least 16 teams 18 in the Big Ten, 17 and 18 in the ACC, 16 in the SEC, and 16 in the Big 12. So, the, so the powers that be, as I mentioned, those are the only teams that matter right you know, it's such a good point. Dennis, before you go, it's such a huge weekend. Are there any other matchups that you and I did not discuss that really intrigue you this weekend? I like, uh, I, I do, I do like, I do like uh, LSU and TCU for the moments you mentioned. I know that's not an original thought, but uh, here's TCU, Jim, that played the national championship game, won 13 games last year, and all you see in here is prime. And I get it. I know why it's big news. And that's part of what we're talking about. You know, he, he has made them relevant uh, without coaching a game. That's the reason Colorado got into the Big 12, part of the reason. Uh, Coach Prime wanted to be in Texas and Florida to recruit. So I, w- I want to see that. Um, I want to see some of these SEC games. I want to see how Alabama does with Middle Tennessee State. I know not a front-burner um game, but they just named their starting quarterback, Jalen Milrow, who's the guy who came on last year. This is a a poll from way back when, but remember the name Blake Sims. In 2014, Nick adopted the spread, brought in Lane Kiffin, and a converted running back named Blake Sims. All Blake Sims did was set the then total offense record at Alabama. They're going to have to play like that. A lot of running quarterback, a lot of game management, a lot of punting and play defense. That's okay if you're Alabama. That is okay if you're Alabama. Something to look forward to. He is a CBS National College football writer, a CBS Sports HQ contributor. He is Dennis Dodd. Dennis, great to have you back. You know, I appreciate you. Thanks so much. All right, Jim. Thanks so much. Clones, what do you want when you're craving protein or you need more energy? Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. You want beef, pure and simple. Where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper Beef Jerky. Old Trapper is not your old man's jerky. Shriveled, dry, tasteless. Old Trapper Beef Jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. It's tender, it's tasty, it's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for its relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein. It comes in four amazing flavors to satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest. It goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. So look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. Clones, if you do not see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? Let's talk some ball. As mentioned, a huge slate of college games this weekend. Mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. and, before we do that, why don't we talk NFL future picks? Because the season's kicking off next week, so we've got to get in with our final future picks. So, clones, listen up. 
NFL MVP future. Mm-hmm. Not hard to figure out who's on the short list. Head, hit me with some numbers. Who's on that list? How are you going to play the NFL MVP? So Patrick Mahomes is the plus 600 favorite to win the award again. Joe Burrow and Josh Allen are the two and three choice, but I'm going with Justin Herbert here, Josh Jim. Allen. Oh, you yes. are not. I love me some Justin Herbert this season. He's got the weapons. He's got the line. He has that beautiful mind and someone to empower his skills this season and Kellen Moore's wide-open-ass offense. That makes a plus 1,200 shot worth taking. I'm also taking um, him to lead the league in passing yards as well this year, second last season in passing yards, second the season before, and you can get that at plus 650 to win those bets. So I'm going two separate bets for the supercharger himself, Justin Herbert. Dude, I love that pick. I love that you're going Justin Herbert plus 1,200, and you're not going to be a chalky little bitch. I love it. All right. Wait for that. That's it. Take a shot now (laughs) if you would. There it is. Wait for it. (laughs) Take a shot at the defensive player of the year. Once again, these future picks are pretty cool in that it gives you something to track all season long. I know that's why you love it. Give us the options for the defensive player of the year. How are you going to play that one? Yeah, so I have two things I want to hit on the defensive side of the ball here. One, defensive player of the year you just mentioned. I'm going to be a sissy here, Jim, and be a chalky little bitch and taking the favorite Micah Parsons at plus 500. This is the sissy challenge? That's that's why you're doing it. That's why you're doing it. You don't want him calling you a sissy like you did me. Great sound. One of the the better moments ever of the show. It was good. right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So... Dominant season from Micah Parsons. Love him at plus 500. I'm going to go out on a limb here, though, for something else. NFL sack leader, Jim. I'm going Jermaine Johnson, New York Jets at plus 8,000. Yes, he has a sack and a half. Why, why, a why the hell not, dude? Why not, right? I, I, I love the logic here. He has a dominant defensive line cue around him. A lot of guys that can get to the quarterback. He's going to have one-on-one coverage a lot of the time, blocking-wise. And I love this at plus 8,000 despite a sack and a half a year ago. Jermaine Johnson plus 8,000 and Micah Parsons. I love him. Plus 500 to win defensive dude, player dude, of the year. straight up, if you hit that at plus 8,000, mm-hmm. you can just walk off on that. You can't retire on that, but you will never do better than that. That will be your greatest pick ever. Ever. It would ever. save me for seasons, yes. Ever. Mm. Ever. All right, so what about the Super Bowl pick? I've been hitting you the last few weeks on mm-hmm. this off air. You haven't given me jack. You can't ghost me on this any longer. It's time. It's go time. Let's go. Who is your Super Bowl pick and what's the value? Are we getting any? Yes, let's do this here. Three picks here as always. Chiefs fan, you are the favorite to win it all, so no one is disrespecting you. That is fake news or hot take news. Philly is the second choice, and shout out to Rick and Buffalo and his Buffalo Bills. They are the so I third say more to choice. Rick and Buffalo. Yes, that guy right there, the Bills. Third choice here, but I'm going with my crushes and fam here. Lobster and the San Francisco 49ers at plus 1,000. Cover me in the NFC. Joey Burrow in the Cincinnati Bengals at plus 1,100. They got me in the AFC, and I'm going to take a decent shot, not a long shot, and I'm going to go 16-1 to 1 with the GOAT, Aaron Rodgers, and the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Jets is not hard to spell, dude. I know. I yeah, how, even, how do you screw that up? Yeah, you know. I was on a roll there, but the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. I could spot you the D and the G, and you still couldn't spell dog. You yeah, did not just misspell the Jets. I can't even wash a damn dog, so I can't spell it. So there you go. J E T Z J E T X J E. Yes. You are functional illiterate, dude. Correct. You're a savant. Yeah, correct. I know. Mm-hmm. Tell me something I don't know. Okay. So I'll tell you what, though. But you got your crushes in there, right? You got yep. Joe Burrow at plus eleven hundred. You got Frisco in there at plus one thousand. And I know you love you some Aaron Rodgers at sixteen to one. All Make right. Some good money. Yep. Week one of the college football season kicked off last night. First weekend looks really interesting. We talked to Dennis Dodd about this earlier. LSU, FSU, they're going to run it back. Mm -hmm. It's the only matchup this week between top teners. Mm -hmm. Nobody has ever won a natty in week one. Plenty of lost one, though. This game, to me, does have some major implications. I love the matchup. We talked about the number. It's two and a half, right? Yep. No, two. two. It's two. I'm going to go two. It's two. Who you got? Two points right now. So uh, I'm going to go LSU. They're without Mason Smith due to the NCAA sucking complete ass like they always do. 
But I think BK and the Jug Band drown out that close-to-home crowd of the Florida State Seminoles. God, I love that song. Such a great song. I love that. I love the front man, too. Dude, strong, right? Who's on the Jug? I always forget. Is it Jaden Daniels? I don't know, man. If it's not I've him, never heard anybody rock a Jug like that, though. That is amazing. Your mom. He's cool football, too, and that's why I'm taking him. He has five guys with at least 20 receptions from a year ago coming back. And the Florida State secondary is very. Dude, why are you talking all low all of a sudden, man? Are you in a closet? Did you get yeah, busted? Are you about the big horse again? Getting emotional, but that's okay. okay. All right, go ahead. Okay. Um, also, the speed of that Tiger D, I think they might be. Are able you to getting hold emotional two. because you misspelled Jets on national radio? That make me emotional. Most people would be, you know, you know, embarrassed by that. But I'm <laughs> not, really not you. Yeah, hey, no. you're, that's your brand, dude. Par for the course. There you go. LSU minus two. But <laughs> you minus two. All right, so give me more. Give me more. Who else and what else do you like in week one of the college game? Let's go Michigan, who won't have that dude who sucked ass in the smack off back in the day or his. You got to stop. Okay, you've already run through your quota of quote, sucking ass. Okay, is that two for me? One. That's yeah, two for you, which is one too many. Okay, cool. They're laying 35-and-a-half against East Carolina here, Jim. Michigan's first three games are absolute jokes. Not a team ranked in the top 100, really, those first three mm. games that Jimbo might miss. This is against East Carolina. J.J. McCarthy should air it out. I like that game. Also, Texas Tech at Wyoming, lane 14. Joey McGuire's team finished strong last year. Huge advantage for Tech in the passing game. The Cowboys haven't been able to throw the ball since that one guy, Josh Allen, was at school. So I also like the Red Josh Raiders at Allen, minus 14. But by the Josh way, Allen. I hit them already without talking to you about that. I did the same thing. I like that play. Beautiful. I like that play. All right, so how about a couple of college football futures? Do you like Georgia to three-peat? Well, they have a great shot, but I'm not taking them, plus that 220 uh, value. I don't like it enough. I'm actually going to go with the Ohio State and Ryan Day's oh, rosy wow. cheeks. Yes, at wow. plus 800. All right. Good value, plus 800. No C.J. Stroud, as we know, but Kyle McCord can adjust with the best wideouts in the country, a great backfield, and probably the best D-line in America. Also, one shot right here, Jim, plus 1,800 with Dabo and Clemson. I think Garrett Riley will do wonders with Cade. Right there, yes. Cade Klubnick in his offense. I'm not sure they have enough juice on the outside to get it done, but plus 1,800 and that D, it's worth a flyer right there. So do you feel that strongly about Ohio State? You really like them that much better than Michigan? I, I Well, it's going to come down that in the season game as always. Um, I do. I think they got more talent across, hey, listen, across the board. Ohio State sucks. There it is. No, Lendo. Dude, Lendo, actually, he did yeah. the podcast last week. He was great. He was so awesome. He's from here. Okay, he's a legend here in Denver, and he started at Denver South, went to Chatfield, SC. I love Lindale White, and it sounds like he's doing better. It was fantastic. He was. He was fantastic. He's doing much better. He All right, before so you go. He was freaking good. Yep, go ahead. He was, man. He was mm-hmm. tough. That was a tough dude. How about the Heisman? Do you have Caleb Williams doing what has only been done once before, mm-hmm. back-to-back? Archie Griffin back in the day, 74-75. Can you see Caleb running it back? Would you bet that? It feels like everything is lining up for it to happen, and at plus 500, I'll use that as my hedge, so I'm going to take a shot on that, but I'm also going to um, take one more bigger shot, and that being Texas A&M's Connor Wigman at plus 4,500. He's being coached by a man, Mike Zimmer, I think you remember, called a gutless bastard. Good old Bob Petrino is back, Jim, in college football. Don't you love Zim? I love Zim. I miss Zim. He's great. I think he's working with Dion a little bit, so... Um, for this pick, though, if there's anything we know about that gutless bastard, it's um, he sucks at driving hogs. He loves ass, and he loves to air it out, and that air it out part makes wow, it dude, You are getting way guy. too loose. This is not the, podcast, not the podcast, bro. My bad. Know My bad. your room. Okay. Know your room. You are getting really comfortable. I haven't seen you this comfortable since we were in Vegas, and you put your feet up on that desk, and you demanded a cocktail during a business meeting. I'm still trying to close that deal, but don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah. You keep trying, dude. Always be closing. ABC, always be closing. <laughs> Hell yeah. All yes. right. So what we did, we were all over the map. A lot of content, a lot of entertainment. So do me a favor. Reset it. Re-rack it. Run it back. There's a lot of material there. I want to give the clones a chance to write this all down so they can all get down before the start of the NFL season and week one of the college season. Who you got? 
All right, NFL MVP and the uh, lead leaguer in passing yards won Justin Herbert. You can get that at plus 1,200 and plus 650. Defensive player of the year, the Sissy Challenge, Micah Parsons, plus 500. Sacks leader, biggest shot ever, Jermaine Johnson at plus 8,000. Super Bowl futures, here they are right here. San Francisco, plus 1,000. Bengals. Plus 1,100 in the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 plus 1,600 there. Week one, college football, LSU minus two, V Florida State, Michigan, minus 35 and a half, V East Carolina, Texas Tech, minus 14 at Wyoming. National title futures, the Ohio State, plus 800, and Clemson at plus 1,800. Heisman Trophy. Caleb Williams plus 500, Connor Wigman plus 4,500, and that uh, Pacific Classic stakes thing that you talked about, Jim. Let's go with a, another three-year-old candy ride ridden by one Mike Smith. Go Rocket Ride. Woo! Look at that, the bonus. How could you go against a candy ride ridden by Mike Smith in the Pacific Classic? You can't, Three-year-old. Right? Three-year-old. A three-year-old, no less. Chills, right? What's yep. the morning line on that horse? Uh, I don't have that one on me. You don't he even care. Favorite, though. I don't you don't care. even care. Yep. Going with the heart on this one. All right. Nice job, Big Head. That is a ton of material. Thanks so much, dude. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Jim. All right. Let's make some money. Let's go to Portland. James, my man. Jimmy, my man. And Albie, brother. I wanted to make sure and call in. Before you head out on your annual maternity leave for the next six weeks, this one's for you, Albie. <laughs> Quick smack off take, Jimmy. Whopper, 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 Jr. Seriously, did Market Boston call Caleb and Green Bay fat? That's like Peter North calling Albie horny. And James, congrats to Rogues. Off to Boulder. God forbid you allowed Uncle Albie to give your son advice on sex in college. However, talk about an ask the pros. I can just hear Uncle Albie. Here we go. Dude, dude, Rose, college is the best. Even though I had nine kids by my sophomore year, I had to, a chance to curl some toes in Boulder. Dude, dude, the ladies are hot, but just be ready to kiss James Harden's beard. Come on! Not okay, dude. Nothing about that call was okay. Not okay, bro. Come on! That was incredible. Incredibly unacceptable. Hey, Attorney Barnes, if you want to say to me that CBS would say to me that that can't be or that's not all right, then you'd be right, Counselor. That would be the one time you'd be right. Because I would agree with you, that was not all right. But I don't need CBS or anybody else to tell me that that was not all right. We all know that was not all right. James in Portland. Whoa, dude. Hey, now, what's going on? Welcome to the program. I am Jim Rome. Mr. Rome. Football everywhere. Back to school everywhere. Coming off our first weekend is Empty Nesters. That was interesting. Why don't we start with Jera? This dude is always on brand. Brand being, hey, look at me. Yeah! Back to have a young perspective. Hey, Gramps, thanks for clearing that up. I was already confused about that trade, and now I'm a lot more confused. Did you just call that dude Trace? I'm talking Trace. Jeffrey Chediha. Do you think that's a good spot for him? Right now, it's not the greatest spot for him, but I would guess that Jerry Jones is thinking long-term if they can develop Trey Young. Trace. Excuse me, yeah, Trey Lance, Trey Young. Trey Young! Wake up Saturday morning, look at DJ and say, what are we doing today? For the first time in 18 years, man, it was eerie. Let's go for a ride. Let's put the top down. Actually had the same idea about the same restaurant and said it at the same time. Hey, what happened to Harlan last year? Or Hamlin, sorry, was absolutely tragic. But 
the NFL going to stop these games every time a player has a headache? If somebody is strapped to a spine board, that's a really good reason to prematurely end a preseason game. I told myself I wasn't going to get that heavy. And then six days later, there is no shred. Props, dude. Not only am I not shaming the dude, I think he's even more of a legend. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. I'm not, dude. I'm in awe. I'm not going to name a starter because I think it's a competitive advantage for us. You think they give a damn which of those two dudes you trot out? Buckle up. Cannot wait for the laser show. The Arizona tanks. Cardinal, come to town. Chris Young. Great to be on, Jeremy. Last time we talked was back in our Arizona days. I was hosting a golf tournament for you eons ago. I don't know if you remember that. World champion of what? World champion of what? The United States? The United like, man, States? Get a map. Get an atlas, man. That ain't the world. We are the world. There ain't no flags in the NBA. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I just think this dude's hilarious. James and Cali. Yo, James, exactly where in California are you? Bruin James. I'm from SoCal, baby. Hey, Bruin James. Ah, it's two for me. Oh, man, not only did you wash yourself, you did it twice. Being placed on waivers before the game. They're now giving away key players in a no. pure salary no, dump is, to uh, give up on the season. Yes. Hope that was this worth it. Business as usual. We, the jury, and the above entitled. I don't need you ending up on the trial of the century. Dude, dude. Sorry to put you in the spot, but I'm gonna need the next 18 months off. Totally sequestered. No contact with you. No contact with Shock. Arthur Smith. Does it feel like the rest of the division? Kind of had a collective reset. Brady finally retired. I thought he was going to play to his 50. It's unbelievable. It's like Benjamin Butt. Guy looks a lot better at 44 than I did at 40. Got metal detectors going off, yet security can't find the weapon. So I've got to ask once again, how fat could this woman possibly be? I guess we're all just lucky she didn't try to sneak a bazooka in her rolls of fat. I was picturing her in a very tight outfit. And then I was thinking, who in their right mind would search her body? fat or especially if you didn't have gloves on nobody's gonna do that unless you're in a prison he said now they get done with practice and they go straight to their phone i'm ready for the punch good one kel she meant it they say like sir to him and i don't think matthew has a problem it's more of a joke at the old man they're all saying different things go do some ayahuasca and then start to relate to your young players joe montana who would get your vote as the clutchest quarterback of all time Um, oh my. That was a tough one. Say it or I will. <laughs> I can't say that. Freaking you, Joe. <laughs> v in the fee. I have Brady only gets called sir when he's being served papers. Sir, looks like you missed another alimony payment there. Hey, alimony, Freddy. Bradley Chubb joining us. Ryan Clark took that shot at him, saying he looked like an Atlanta stripper. Man, that Atlanta stripper had me dying, bro, because, like, where do you even come up with that? I think he looks good, man. Mike Elko, Cal, Stanford, and SMU coming to the Atlantic Coast Conference. Yeah, it seems like it fits perfect, right? And I'm going to go 16-1 to 1 with the GOAT, Aaron Rodgers, and the J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Jets is not hard to spell, dude. I know. I yeah, how, even, how do you screw that up? I watch Roma's burning Burn every afternoon of my life. Hang up. Go Gamecocks. Out. Super Charger, Charger boy. boy. Thank you very much. Roll away. Because McCarthy ate too much and he's bloated. Always good, brother. Thanks a lot. This game is over. I do think they've handled I'm moving out, yo. Appreciate everything you do for sports. To have uh-huh. Tripod. <clears throat> Absolutely awesome performance. This one's for you, Albie. Goodbye. Done. Good night now! Good night now!